This week on Welcome Back to Roswell, we're talking the season one finale, Destiny, uh, on Roswell, and then on Roswell, New Mexico, an episode called The Diner. I'm recording this before having seen The Diner, but I can tell you Destiny is a really fun episode. We get I Maybe I Love You Too Much, which poor Patrick is going to have to hear me talk about all of the different subtextual meetings and implications of such a statement. <sighs> um, plus, you know, like, magic hologram from the past explaining who all of the aliens are. But maybe I love you too much. Ah, I can't wait. After escaping the military base, where did Valenti tell everyone to rendezvous? The silver mine. Where did Tess want to go instead? The pod chamber. Why did she want to go there? Because that's where Nacedo said she should go? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. All right, good. Um, Mm -hmm. How did Michael stop the agents in the Hummer from catching Max and Liz? Not quite clear, but with a bright <laughs> light, his hand, and I uh-huh. think he made the Hummer break down? Yeah, uh, if he has the power to kill things, maybe he was just killing the engine. He killed the engine. Oh, that's a yeah. great call. Uh, and number five, who witnessed this? Careful, Enti. He did. Wow. That, these questions, mm-hmm. thank you so much for these questions, Paul. But I... I feel like they hit certain points, but they all seem to be in the first like 15 minutes. Up. A lot happened in the episode, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it, it is almost as though the questions don't want to spoil the episode. You're right. None of the like big things are in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, I think it's say I, who almost dies. Right. Who does die. <laughs> right. Um, I do like that uh, question number four, how did Michael stop the agents in the Hummer from catching Max and Liz, is a question that is asked in the episode, like they ask it in the episode. <laughs> and he says, I don't know. <laughs> he says he doesn't know. Um, yeah, Michael's powers really kind of come online in this oh, episode. Yeah. In a real um, way. Yeah. He's uh, sending he, dudes flying. And evidently people, just, just killing them flat. Just killing them. Kill him flat. He can kill. Mm-hmm. Max heals and Michael kills. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, so okay, so I feel yeah. like I've watched these episodes so much, I don't even know what I think of them. I'd like to hear your like. I want. What did you think of the episode we just watched? Destiny, the season finale of Roswell. So I I see where it definitely benefits from being paired with the episode previous to it, which I think is actually like the real climax of this yeah. season. Um, and then everything that we witnessed here is sort of like wrapping up the loose ends slash like teasing a future conflict. And like, mm-hmm. I know they they have like one more showdown with, um, with agent Pierce, um, but like, and you know, their, their powers like come out in, in that way. But it seems like they're sort of just like rehashing uh, a lot of like their old dynamics and like their old abilities here, just sort of like ramped up a little bit. Yeah, I feel like as an episode, like it really is the second half of a two-parter. Yeah, totally. And as an episode, it isn't, it, 
it benefits from being paired with uh the white room because as much as like stuff happens there's not a lot of like arc to the episode there's not a lot of arc to the episode and there's a lot of false drama like Mm -hmm. um you know there's uh we, we talked about it while we were watching but there are two different act breaks that end on like really disingenuous cliffhangers like mm-hmm. um there's the the first one that has uh has the audience thinking that valenti is turning on the aliens um in like the final scene before the act break and then the first scene back from the act break it's revealed that he didn't turn on them right. so it's like oh well okay well cool and also obviously he wasn't turning on the heroes mm-hmm. like that's not who that character is um and then uh when pierce is or no uh, yeah when uh kyle is shot um there's the false drama of like oh no he's dead is max gonna bring him back to life uh and during the commercial break i was like is there any reason he wouldn't like it just didn't no yeah and And then he does it and i don't feel like the writers who usually are fairly thoughtful about such things i think in this like they don't even try to build that suspense because we have earlier in the episode liz says you shouldn't i wish you hadn't saved me it caused you so much trouble and he's like no saving you was 100 percent the right thing to do i would do it again in a heartbeat so then when he's faced with saving someone else there's right right why wouldn't he he just said doing it before like if he had said if it was anyone else if it was maria i would have watched her die like if he had said that then maybe there'd be some like yeah, or if if there was like if we knew that there was some sort of like price to pay for bringing someone back, if like right. um, if we knew that like his uh, his feelings for Liz are like built into the fact that he brought her back to life, like you know if if there was something where it's like you are connecting yourself to this person forever, um, like that is something, but it's not like the show. I, I I feel like there's there's so much here where all they really wanted to do was kill Pierce, uh, revive Nisado and have him assume his identity and, um, you know, introduce the like mother and reveal like the identities of, of the four aliens. Um, and they were like, okay, what do we do for the other 42 minutes of this episode? And then like had to build in all of these other, uh, little conflicts. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true. I do think that one of the only ones that I is well executed in terms of an arc or in terms of a storyline is Liz's feelings about her relationship with Max. Yeah. Like, and her feeling like increasingly left out of his well, left life. Out and and also feeling like sh- maybe she doesn't, she shouldn't be part of his story. Mm, yeah. And yeah. Part of her saying, I wish you hadn't saved me is like, you have this life and I'm not supposed to be, I'm not your destiny. And he kind of convinces her like they live in this idea that she is, or that it, you know, that being together, which feels so good is worth it. But she kind of goes back to where she was at the beginning of the episode or like even deeper. I mean, she leaves him. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yes. As 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 the theme song comes back. Yeah. Yes. The theme song comes back, but like she is, I mean, and I guess I know what she does over the summer too, but like, <laughs> she's not, this is, she's not in a fight with him. She's not, she like, is like, she dumps him she's in done. her own way. Okay. Um, 
which is not something that I don't think, I don't know that that's where her head was. Oh, 24 hours before that. Like, I feel like that arc mm-hmm. but over the course of the two episodes, but especially this episode, that part works for me. I feel like, and I guess I feel that way about both that. And I th- think the Michael Maria of it works. I uh, see. I, I didn't get like, I almost think that just like the Michael trajectory of like, realizing that he has these like more harmful powers um and like like i i don't i don't totally see how maria fits into that quite like in in the moment you know because she she says something along the lines of like you know uh max and liz like they can't they can't spend any time apart from each other why aren't we like that uh and then like i don't know that there's ever really an answer or he tells her maybe because i love you too much (laughs) Patrick, were you really? watching a different episode? I don't know. I might, <laughs> I might have been watching a different episode. I think I was watching a different episode. No, I okay. I hear you. Yeah. I think to me, him finding out that his core power or one of his core powers is to murder, right? And tough, pushing tough Maria away. Out. I'm sorry. I'd say that that's tough to find out. That's a tough discovery. Yes, it's a tough discovery. So he's a murderer, pushing Maria away and embracing, or like at least like finding out all his alien stuff. To me, that makes complete sense with where he has been all season and where he's going. Yeah. I don't like it from a ship sense. I wish he was like, no, let's figure this out together. We'll like be investigated together like two detectives. On a spin-off well, show, Ryan yeah. wants to watch. That's, <laughs> and that's not this show, and I'm no, okay and that's with that. Sort of, that's sort of what I'm saying, is that like it, it, it feels more true to the like Michael story arc and less mm-hmm. true... Not that it's not true to the Michael and Maria story arc, but just that it doesn't feel like uh, there's a lot... Um, it feels like it almost blows right past Maria. Well, yeah, Maria is... I would say Maria has almost no... Yeah. POV moments in this episode. Yeah. She totally. gets more next se- like we kind of retroactively find out how she feels about this shit cuz <laughs> it's not over. Um but yeah, it's not from Maria's not given in both these in both episodes, right? Yeah. In um White Room or this episode. Like there's not a lot of Maria POV or Alex for that matter. Yeah, both totally. Of them well, are really just Yeah. Well, there we were talking someone else's story. We were talking about that in uh, like the episodes leading up to this, that like a lot of the, um, you know, uh, hormonal high school teenager stuff like gets necessarily like put away so we can deal Mm -hmm. with all this alien stuff. Um, And like the alien stuff is really ramping up in like, you know, not just a there are people looking for people hunting down the aliens, but in like an intergalactic way, like we get everything gets blown out by the end of this thing where it's like, Oh yeah. You know, you're the leader of our planet, which is enslaved by these, like it gets so big by the end that like the human drama part of it, you know, I mean like Valenti watched his son die and like it, it registers for like three minutes and then it's over. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and presumably Kyle's about to find out aliens exist. Yes. 100%. So, like, yeah, there's a lot happening on a human level that the show is not interested. <laughs> Does I he just felt- wake up and go, uh, where am I? Is that all? Is that what he asks? 
I think he says, what just happened? What just happened, yeah. Or what Which happened is to me. almost as good like as where am I, because yeah. you are at the UFO museum. Yes, you tried to save a deputy who turns out he was a federal super agent. He's dead now. His body's over there. And one of the aliens killed him. The other alien saved you. Don't worry about Oh, I shot you, son, by the way. If you were wondering <laughs> whose bullet is in your art. It was mine. <laughs> but to be fair, you did arm my opponent who tried to shoot me with my own gun. So maybe yeah, we're even. hid not in a safe place. No. Um, oh, Kyle. Yeah, poor Kyle. But yeah, so there's a lot of, other than Liz, no other humans seem to matter that much Yeah. Uh, to the storyline. I do feel like, okay, I have trouble now that I've seen the show many mm-hmm. times, but like. When I watch this show, the dynamics of like king, princess, uh, like sister, second in command, like all of those roles feel not necessarily like they were baked into the premise, but like, and this I think is also why I sometimes forgive Max's shit a little bit because I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. you got king jeans. That's why you think you're such that you're so sure. important. Everyone should listen to you. You got king jeans. It's hard to, you know, not follow your king jeans. Right. And Isabel's kind of got yeah. princess jeans. Yeah, yeah, and then like that also makes like Michael the like naturally subservient one, I guess, or at least like the guy who has to do what Max says, whether he likes yeah. it or not. Yeah, which is a little different, right? Like. Yeah, I guess, I guess you're the, right. it's more that I sense the resentment than I do the f- fidelity. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like you 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 raise a good point that like it doesn't seem quite as mapped on to like the characters that we know as like you know or it it doesn't seem to be like additionally revealing about who they are, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Um, when they're talking to Nacedo and he's like, no, I'm just here to protect you. I can't lead you. Um, and they're like, well, then who is supposed to lead us? Um, like the obvious answer is Max, um, because he's the lead of the show, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like the default leader of the group anyway. Um, like, you know, that that moment is a little bit like, yeah, well, no shit. No shit, he's the leader. Like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it, it does. It doesn't feel like it uh, illuminates um, their dynamics at all, really. Well, and even the couplings, right, or the pairings, mm-hmm. it reinforces like so. It makes it so Tess doesn't seem Tess and Nacedo, I guess, don't seem as like out of left field. Yeah, but it also isn't telling us anything new, which I don't think I mind. But I'm also. It's it makes weird. it feel more like an epilogue yeah. or like a mm, like a Harry then, Potter epilogue where where we find oh, out <laughs> we find out parents and children history. Ugh, it's so, so bad. bad. The it's thing that like fanfic. Yeah, the thing that I can never like the the shit that never it boggles my mind uh, and always will is that that's one of those things that she wrote like super early and was like mm-hmm. mm, I always have to end the book this way. Yeah. I mean, you know what that makes me think of? The second worst example of an epilogue, Hmm. the How I Met Your Mother finale. Ah, sure. Yeah. Fucking horrible. I mean, that's, isn't that, I guess they they are both the same 
thing, right? Where it's like mm-hmm. you you write for a little bit or like you're on a narrative journey and then you're like, okay, I know how this has to end. I'm going to write the ending now. And then right. the show or the book or whatever continues to grow and evolve and become something different. And then you're like, great, now we're to the end. I'm just going to plug in the ending that I always had in mind. And it's like, that ending doesn't work anymore. That ending works for the story you were telling, or not for this new you story. Were telling. Yeah. Yeah. No, I both, I, now they're in the same bucket of dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you this, the show Roswell does not have an epilogue. Okay. But I think this, ep- this season, it just feels like, yeah. I'm glad it exists because, you know, it puts things, like you said, it sets us up for second season. We're now entering a second season where we have four humans and Sheriff Valenti, so four teens and Sheriff Valenti who all are in on the secret, right? Like we have now yeah. a bigger crew of people in the conspiracy. Um, and we don't, and we also don't have like that threat from, because Kyle was kind of, because he didn't know the secret the whole time, was kind of always yeah. a little bit of a threat. So that's like neutralized. So we don't have to tell that story anymore. So it's kind of nice to be past that. It is interesting um, that it that it does uh, also neutralize um, like Agent Pierce and the FBI guys. Mm-hmm. CIA? FBI? What are they? FBI? FBI. FBI. Uh, special agents. They're from oh. an elite unit in the FBI. My bad. Um, <laughs> that like the FBI guys are also also neutralized. Like there there is a new global threat out there, but um, it does sort of do the like clean slate for season two, where like they can go back to high school and they can like have high school drama again. A hundred percent. And it also, and I didn't remember this. Like, I'm, I'm I know you don't believe in spoilers. <laughs> I do not. But to be, I'm going to try to keep it fairly light on them with what I'm about to say. Okay. But there is like a specific race of alien. Like they say they're enslaved, right? Like there's a specific race of alien that's coming after them. I thought it was name checked in this episode. It isn't. Like if you were a writer mm. on Roswell season two and this is where it was left, you could do almost anything. I yeah. mean, you have to introduce probably, you know, evil aliens at some point because it's that's sort of the promise of that ending. Yeah, but like, totally. They could be any kind. That you could. Tr- it could turn out that they're like, uh, like something out of Hitchhiker's Guide, and they're just like all the mice in the on Earth are actually right. evil aliens. Yes. Like it could be anything at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Sorry, and it's I'm, not evil mice, but it's not it evil mice. Damn. <laughs> Um, my, my mind immediately goes to, um, that it could be like, if not a single alien race, um, Mm -hmm. like a bunch of alien bounty hunters who know that they're on earth somewhere of different alien races that are like, which is sort of what's implied. I mean, not implied, but that does totally fit with the, the beacons kind of going off all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like res establishing shots all over the world. And then Howie from back street boys saying it's on or whatever what does he say uh yeah i don't know I <laughs> here we go or here something we like go that. here we go now uh, <laughs> so yeah it it does as much as it it a lot of the turns in the episode itself feel inevitable it does get us to a point where like now i mean all the all the dumb relationships are are broken up yeah. or at least you know having trouble <laughs> It's all like it. It really is. It's a clean slate for story. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it could be about FBI again. Uh, no, I won't tell you. 
but okay. it's not about Agent Pierce, right? It, that seems to be neutralized. The sheriff isn't a threat anymore. Yeah, yeah. the show yeah. can kind of do all kinds of interesting things. Yeah, that basically all of the uh, all yes, exactly. All of the ongoing threats of season 1 have been neutralized and we don't we've only barely teased what a new threat for next year could be. Yeah. And not to make too many connections to the other show we watched that's called Roswell that has characters with the same name. Mhm. I would say as much as I loved the beginning of season two of Roswell, New Mexico with Max saying, please don't bring me back from the dead. Yeah. I'll never forget how much I like that. That said, we didn't immediately pick up any of the threads that Noah, who kind of served as mm-hmm. like the, uh, you know, mom hologram of Roswell, New Mexico. And then right. he was like, he remembered their life on the other planet. He knew what they were. He understood the hierarchies there. Like he brought up this alighting ritual, which we still don't That's know what right. that is. Like all and, that was brought and up. Everyone has seemed to forget about it. Everyone yeah, has forgotten about the, it. Right. And that was all in the finale. And then we have, we have just forgotten about it. Whereas Roswell OG, I think none of those characters forget for a second about that. Now they're yeah. also angsty teens. So they're going to angst too. But like, <laughs> They can't help but angst. Right, but like, and I I can't remember if, I mean, obviously Max Evans in Roswell, New Mexico is very po- powerful. He can like harness lightning yeah. and be a thunder god. <laughs> That's right. I can't remember if they ever call him king or leader or anything on that uh, show. So he may not be. Yeah. But, but those dynamics of like the king, the princess, the, you know, the general and the bride. I guess yeah, well, yeah, text. well, and we don't, well, the, the young bride. Um, they we, called him, we, yes, they called her young bride. They called him a leader. You're right. I'm adding the royalty part. Right. But, sorry, spoilers, they're royalty. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh-huh. I, I did think the, uh, the choice of the, the phrase young bride, it, it made me chuckle a lot. Um, I'm yes. not sure why. I think it's because she chose to say, to describe her as young. Feels, <laughs> feels weird. Yeah. Well, Your young bride. Yes. And the whole Max and Tess of everything, it's an, yeah. it's an interesting dynamic. Um, because she's definitely much more invested in that history, at least than he is at the moment. Right now he's in love with a human. Right, right, right. Um, um so i what did what did you think um like watching this again you know you when we talked uh last week you mentioned that uh you always roll right in from the previous episode um you know uh to be continued right away for ryan mogi um what was how was your experience different this time watching it uh a whole week later i think that it was a little bit of like the air left out of the balloon in terms mm-hmm. of tension. Cause my memory of it is it's like two episodes where it's like, boom, 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 you know, they're in danger, they're in danger. And then they get out of danger and then they get this message and that's the end. Whereas they really get a lot more breathing room. When you watch this episode by itself, it has a lot more, a lot less stress for the aliens than yeah, <laughs> what or- they just went through. 
or false stress, right? Because like they they they're like the false drama points that we already talked about. But then there's also um, Max and Liz uh, standing on the on this on the railing of this bridge. Oh, that's right, the bridge. Uh, And then they they like dive down. You know, I couldn't guess how high they are, but very high Mm -hmm. um, into like the river below, um, and seemingly suffer nothing for having done it, other than they like spend the night in an overturned camper or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but really it's like they get a romantic night together. Like it's yeah. very. And maybe it's cause I've had a week to not be thinking about the white room and the torture and the tension. Yeah. So I'm less stressed about it, but yeah, I think this episode all felt like falling into action in a way that when I watch them together, I don't know that I think of it as half falling action. Yeah, but um, it, like it, it totally is. Yeah, I think also the when you, when I watch the the two parts together, I think the Michael arc, like I think I have more empathy for his disconnection with Maria because a lot of shit has happened to him that she yeah, doesn't totally. know anything about. And not just like she doesn't know anything about, but from his perspective, she will never understand. Right. Um, and so like the nail in the coffin is like on top of that, he also could kill. He kills people now. Right. So it's like, yeah, lady, I can't with you right now. <laughs> I Yeah, you were. It was. Yeah, I love you later. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, both these episodes taken together is a nice progression of um, like Michael um, realizing he needs to focus on his powers. Mm-hmm. focusing on his powers to achieve a positive end and then uh like uh, again trying to focus on his powers to like do something anything to save his friends and then one more time trying the exact same thing and then being wildly effective and killing someone right yeah. like there there's totally. a whole there's a whole arc to like understanding his own biology and what's scary about it in these two episodes um it just it feels lopsided to only experience one uh like half of that right now yeah i mean i it also makes me psyched for the second season because there's mm. some stuff happen because stuff happens right and we Stuff's lean more here too. i think uh, uh, this the first season is a lot about romance mm. and stuff the second season digs, and the third season too, dig a little bit deeper into the alien mythology, but also like the alien action. So I like the alien stuff. I like more the alien sci-fi. stuff too. The alien and sci-fi stuff feels more like it is, um, you know, what powers the like, you know, uh, serialized action on the show, right? Like it, yeah. it, it feels like that's, that's the part of the show that's special. Like the, the mm-hmm. shipping and all of that stuff is good, but it seems like that's there to serve the alien action, especially when we start like really doing it. Right. And I think some, and like, cause like, and I can't give you examples cause I don't want to spoil you <laughs> or anything, but like in the second season, yeah. Alien, uh, there's alien shit happening. Like there's stuff going on, but it's never like, Oh, because of alien shit, everyone wants to make out for an hour. Right. right and I right, like right. that episode. It's not a bad, you know, sexual healing is a fine episode of television. It's fine. But yeah. like, it really is like they wanted to coded talk about uh, like 
burgeoning sexual sexuality and stuff. Yeah. And so it, they use the filter of aliens. Whereas I think later it's more like the alien stuff feels more organically alien. I don't know. Oh, sure. Like, like it can't be, uh, it can't be used for metaphor anymore. Like it's just, it's just the alien stuff. Yeah. Though I guess they're probably, you're going to be like, Brian, this is all metaphors. (laughs) (laughs) Um, there, there was a moment where, uh, Max and Liz were together and like, you know, both of their her her eyes were enormous and mm. uh you know his skin was probably soft um right and uh and like i almost had like a glimmer of um this show in like its former uh horny glory you know yeah um like i think i do miss i miss like the uh kind of like attendant cheesiness of that um like that's always fun for me uh when the show is like uh, you know, kind of sexy, kind of corny. Um, and so I, I miss that when it gets a little bit, uh, you know, like kind of grim, I guess. All right. Well, I will promise you there's some sexy romance stuff, Ooh. but it's also, and I'm thinking of one specific episode too. It's also, it's almost all very much framed with sci-fi. Okay. So you'll still get it, but it's never going to just be like, when I, it's never going to like, right. Okay. In the first season, which yeah. this is one of my favorite shows of all time, but in right. the first season, there are moments where the voiceover that Liz does could be on my, from my so-called life. Like sure. literally, like you could just copy paste. It, it She could just be saying what Angela is thinking in those scenes. That stuff kind of goes away because the alien stuff is like actual alien stuff. Yeah. And so you can't just be like, when I see him, my heart skips a beat. And I wonder, do I have a heart murmur like that? Kind of <laughs> yeah. Um, let me ask you this before we uh, move on to uh, watch new Roswell. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that the actor who is playing Nacedo for like, you know, when, when he's in Tess's dad mode? Yeah. Do you think he's like reading the script for the finale? And is like, ah, oh, damn it. I changed into peer. Oh, I, I probably lost this job. This is probably it for me on this show. I think probably, but he, I think, knows what he is in terms of an actor, right? So he's probably psyched mm. that he got yeah, totally. three episodes or five episodes, however many episodes he got. Like, I don't know that he wanted to be tied down to Roswell. I mean, it seems like it'd be a pretty sweet gig, right? Like... Especially in that role, like they're they're never he's never got to like learn any weird stunts or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what. Why are you an actor? It's a good, (laughs) it's a great question. (laughs) Because you want to like emote and have like make emotional Mm -hmm, moments. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because that character is never going to have that. Yeah, that's true. That that's a great point. I mean, a job's a job. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm sure that he looked at it. I'm sure he also, it's like, I bet it's a drag when you are a shape-shifting character and all your best like one-liners are said as other 
people. <laughs> yeah, especially like, that would when that would be my pick. I'd be like, I'd try yeah. to start to highlight a line, and I'd be like, nope, I don't get to say that. That's not. <laughs> dang it. They'd be like, oh, dang it! This this whole episode where I'm doing all this really cool evil stuff, I'm going to be played by the lead actor of the, of the oh, show. Oh man, he's probably going to be really bummer. good. He's going to be really good and like weirdly handsome and is like confident, happy. God damn it! He's he is handsome. He I is think handsome. He, handsome he plays man. it down as Max sometimes, and then sometimes he'll reveal his real handsomeness, and I'm like, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, man. All you got, you just got to flash a little smile and you're like, oh yeah, handsome man. Yep. There you go. I see it. I get, I get why you are uh, an actor. I would cast you. Oh, goodness. Um, I think based on spoilers that, and I should call them spoilers, based on promo photos, I believe Mm. that Max, Roswell Max is going to be in some flashbacks in this episode. Uh, oh good well oh okay we're we're so so on the flashbacks in roswell new mexico we are so so but we will discuss this flashback on the other side of the little sound effect (laughs) so it's official ben kenobi is worse than walt because Walt tried to adopt him, is that why yeah, you're saying Walt, that? Yeah, Walt okay. did active things to really help and did his best, right. and Michael still again, alive. Could still be true of Obi Wan Kenobi. We don't know of uh, what sort of things came Luke Skywalker's way in the 16 years that he was living with his aunt and uncle. It's possible that Ben did something but remained anonymous the whole time. That's true, because up until now, Michael didn't think anyone was watching his back. And also, Luke never goes into, like, a mission to find out anything about his past uh, ever, I guess. No. Right? Like, eventually, Darth Vader says to him, hey, by the way, I'm your dad. And then he's like, oh, but he never, like, he doesn't seem to do any investigation of that claim on his own. Doesn't it get reinforced? by yoda or yeah, somebody that's, that is true yeah so like he knows all he right knows. i'm sorry that i started this out with star wars talk because <laughs> i'll take that and run with it ryan i know you will okay we all know that okay but let's all right let me so that was one thing that struck me this episode another thing that struck me <laughs> was <laughs> this thing that got repeated and i don't think i i think i fundamentally disagree with it and I don't even know if I buy into it as a philosophy that a person should have that justice is served after disaster has struck. Well, so the thing is, the show is presenting two conflicting uh, philosophies regarding justice and disaster striking. So there is the one mains man who is saying... Mm-hmm what you just said and that's trip yeah. right that that's trip's philosophy right who is of course played by the same actor who plays max evans in the original series so we yes. naturally feel you know closer to him um or well that, like, and then in this episode right. we get revealed that he is it he's the he's much more of an alex than an alex's dad yes totally like he he gets redeemed in this episode and did we talk about this uh previously that like he has a uh, 
some manner of relationship with an alien and that's like a cool inversion of Mm -hmm. uh the original series that like he's the alien that a human has a relationship with um yeah so that's that's his philosophy and then the other mains man is like no you need to serve justice before disaster strikes maybe i just don't like because they're both using serving justice as like kill your meaning kill your enemy yes but to me justice being served has nothing to do with murdering your enemies necessarily in fact the closer you get to giving it the kind of motive that war has like i guess to me justice is never served in war that's not justice that's war which war, and I'm yes. not even saying there's no space for war in the world because obviously there is. And if you look at the 20, I mean, I'm certainly not saying that there was, I'm not ignoring that war happened. <laughs> right. But, but war, war is a slow moving catastrophe, right? And Where it's like, never moving. And that moving, right. I love that. You're right. Sorry. I want to give that space. <laughs> what you said is very good. I'm sorry. I almost ran over it. It war is it's, a slow moving catastrophe. A slow moving catastrophe. And when the war is over, uh, the disaster continues for generations. Like absolutely, it, it's they, they, it, it's not. It is never about justice, right? Like yes. wars are or fought for economic reasons. Can't. Yeah, yes, and justice doesn't necessarily have a place in it because wars right. are not won and lost based on what is just. Life isn't lived based on what is just. Like very few things <laughs> are. No, but like, I don't know, because it goes back to like when I was a kid and it was one of my least favorite things that my parents would ever, anyone would ever say to me because it fucking pissed me off. But like when something wasn't fair, I would be like, this is a fair. And people be like, well, life isn't fair. Yeah. Now, that's true. Now, my opinion at that part, and especially when I was a kid, but even now I feel like then it's our job as, you know, society right. to do everything we can to approach justice like let's go let's set it as a goal let's endeavor to be more fair you're just it is within our power (laughs) (laughs) no but yeah it's it's the whole like uh, yeah you know life is cruel and it's like well okay but you can also try not to be cruel like a being mean to each other being not empathetic to each other being not fair those are all things that are within our control and to say that like I don't have to be empathetic because the world isn't empathetic is bullshit. Yes, yes. Of course, you do not have to be empathetic. Is the world a better place if you are? Yeah, a little bit. So like 100%. Fucking do it. Fucking do it. And so I guess that's so I think we've hit the thing. So I think philo- philosophically I'm aligned with you, Patrick. And I feel like we're that's good. we're copacetic. Yeah. I don't justice is served after disaster is struck. I I get I even understand why Trip the character would call it justice like I nobody's wrong for saying what they're saying it's just what they're saying it's I mean it's it it's hard and the reason that we had to start so broadly philosophical <laughs> is that this episode is all the fuck oh over the God. place if and presents we try to start yeah. nitpicking at this episode <laughs> Not only would we be here for two hours, I think I would end up liking the show less than I like the show. Because in yes. reality, I do like this show. Me too. This is like a bad episode characters. of the show, though. This is the show doing the things I like least that the yes. show 
does. Mm-hmm. So to someone, this might be their favorite episode, right? Like they're like, cool. Like, but to what I like out of this show, the show isn't giving me it. And even I feel like with Michael, it teased me with some of the angsty stuff I like. Yeah, but didn't yeah. even let me like get into it. No. No, it's it, yeah, and like it just it, it sucks in that regard. So there's the whole thing. I don't even know if I can say the whole thing because the episode is structured on like a number of novel conceits, and it can't commit to any one of them, right? Um, like one conceit is um, we're going to keep flashing back to uh, you know the the night the barn burned down and like everything around it, and yeah. like continually revise it until we have a clearer picture of of what actually happened. So there's a lot of playing in the past, but then like it can't even really just do that. Like we have to see, um, you know, young Walt like trying to get a job at the diner. Well, or... that's the other conceit. Yeah, is that we are looking at the same diner, the crash down. Mm-hmm. Yes, throughout time. Sure, so in forty-seven, the... in eighty-seven, and in two thousand twenty, I guess. So yes, so that's the other conceit. And then the third one, which to <laughs> me feels like the thing the show normally could have na- nailed the best, like it feels more most within the show's grasp, mm-hmm. is the midnight, this one night, where are all our different characters? What's yeah. happening at midnight? Yeah. What is the storyline that they're going through in the middle of the night that all kind of ties together at the end? And yeah. That part, I think, is, like I said, that one feels the most within the reach of the show and what the show. And when I think of the show through that lens, I think it's okay. Yeah, it's I think. It's a bunch of disparate storylines, but then the disparate, mm-hmm. the, the separation of those storylines kind of works because that's what they're trying to tell us is that all these people are in different, having totally different experiences at the same yeah. time. Well, and then then you get like the sort of fun, like, uh, you know, being anchored at a specific point in time always feels like very like action movie, very like urgent, right? Mm-hmm. So like having that uh, the repeated reminder that you know the clock goes from eleven fifty nine to midnight yep. um, feels a little bit like twenty four. Um, mm-hmm. Being able to like have uh, Isabel bust through the door and say something shocking, and then later we see like Isabel starting to get shocking information. That's yes. got a very like run lola run almost or like rashomon kind of feel to it um and then like so like that's that's very straightforward it's very satisfying and like i kind of wish this episode could have just done that or save that conceit for a different episode because this one had so much past to deal with yeah and i think to me yeah i feel like each of those three ideas right Mm-hmm. could have made for and the show doesn't really do gimmicks so maybe it's maybe wanting something the show wouldn't want to do but like <laughs> but this episode does things, three gimmicks <laughs> just three at once and i don't yeah. think none of them like land that well like whereas like the diner one right if yeah. you just did scenes in the diner from starting in 1947 all the way to 2020. I think that could be really interesting because yeah. you also could we see a young Arturo with his wife. What does that look like? Amazing. Little Rosa as a little girl as she friends with like, like I don't know. Like there's or do we what if we had a tryst with uh freaking um Oh, oh yeah, Mr. Valenti. T- 
Yeah, Mr. Valenti. Like, what if they're having sex in the fryer? That's yeah. interesting. Like, the diner as a set piece throughout time could have an A plot, a B plot, and a C plot. And the A plot could still be trip, could be still the mains. Could story, still be right? alien stuff. Yeah. 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 And then you have these uh, that would be really interesting. Or if you did the the barn and you just literally had different characters, like really Rashomon it up and just like yeah. have different characters and each one just brings in a little bit different information and we just see the same scenes with different outcomes or different backgrounds and then our big yeah. reveal at the end is turns out they all lived like, yes there's so many that would have been really interesting or like you said this run Lolo run this like think of where are all these people at this exact time and now we're running in parallel time periods and they're all going to crisscross yeah but we're doing all three of those in one episode. Well, and the the, the and problem all the nitpicky things that we yeah. have, I, like I said, I don't even know if we want to get into some of them. There's a <laughs> well, lot so, of like little. Th- I mean, yeah. there's a lot of little things where you go, "What the hell?" The I like the the real problem with like all three of these, uh, all three of the different conceits that it requires each of the conceits means separating the story up into discrete chunks. Yeah. So like each of those three has to have at least three different beats of it. So there are these <laughs> nine beats happening of these like three different kinds of story. It's very, it's, it's a lot. Um, and like, if, if, you know, we're in like the sort of like diner leg of it, right. Where like, mm-hmm. we're seeing stories that happen in the diner. If the one that is, you know, most of the diner stuff is related to the sort of like alien overall mythology and like the history and trip and stuff. Yeah. But the one that's like connected to our characters now and like the shit they're going through now is anchored in this Kyle Steph relationship, which is just batshit crazy at the beginning of this episode. The way this whole thing, okay, so it starts with them making out in the OR yeah. again, but in the observation part of the OR. Right. She's and not then, on the table. He's been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like uncomfortable because mm-hmm. those chairs are not that comfy. So then they go out to he's like let me show you something cool at night so he's like i'm gonna take you to late night burgers which is i mean it's a pretty good move i'd go to late night burgers with hot dr kyle oh yeah so so they go and liz is the one working instead of carl whoever they thought was gonna work and so that's awkward so like one awkward thing one is this is the first time these two people have ever hung out outside the hospital (laughs) awkward thing two it's his ex-girlfriend that she caught making out with him um, and and that she recognizes as that yes. person. Yes. Which... Well, he had told her. Remember, he had told her he had like an ex issue. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, like, not only that, like, she knows he was kind of hung up on her. So it's even like more sort of fraught. Plus, Liz is wearing the outfit she has to wear to that work job. So it's like that whole. I mean, if I, because I'm older than these fools, but even if I, even if I was 28 like them, uh-huh. and I'm on a first date with my doctor boyfriend. And his ex-girlfriend serves this meal in that outfit. <laughs> it's weird. Okay, it's weird. so weirdnesses yeah. are just piling up. Liz yes. is cooking in the crash down. That is fucking weird, too. Yes. Well, there's She's no one else fries. there. There's no one else working there. There's no one else uh, dining there. No. So then Kyle comes into the back to be like, hey, Liz, be cool. This girl has a serious uh, disease. She's about to die from a bacterial infection. Why does he do this? Why does he tell her this information? Why does the show do this to us? This is the best way for you to, like, okay, we saw that she was in the OR. 
yes. before. Yeah. But the best way to to get this on the table is to have Kyle whisper this to Liz in the back room at the crash down in the kitchen while the girl's out front and what on their first date. I don't know. It's very, and the show is like insistent that this is a secret that she is keeping from Kyle. And that when she finds out that he knows she's going to be mad about it. There's just, there are so many. And then she is. Yeah. And then she is. And there is, it's just so many like levels of convolution to like the drama between these two characters. Uh, And like you and I have had a hard time connecting to them as like a couple point yes. of interest. Um, right. So like the fact that there's this like additional like wheel of drama that doesn't feel real. All right. I, I know that this is not same day shipping. Yes. But let's, can we walk through this like scenario? Like sure. As a yeah. hypothetical. As yeah. As let's, a hot take. let's hot take this. So you, you meet this girl. You're very attracted to her. You guys have good banter. You see that she is, you're a doctor. You see that she is in the OR having a surgery. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to, pro, like. There's what, so many specifics. I feel like here. the yeah. next step then is probably, maybe you hint around it if you're feeling shy, but don't you like bring it up as a point of conversation? I mean, if, if nothing like, else. Like, yeah, there is something so weird about this person. They never leave the hospital. Right? Like, yes. And like you said, things get lampshaded on the show. And they, mm -hmm. so like, she has acknowledged that to him. She said, uh, you think I'm a ghost who only appears to you because you only see me in the hospital. Yes. And that would be a great time to be like, yeah, do you, do you, do you sleep here? Like, I don't know. It just feels weird. That I mean, rather than yeah. a conversation. Now, if she, if mm-hmm. they, if he said, "I saw you on the operating table," and she said, "Oh yeah, that was, uh, I was just doing a performance art piece." Like if she lied to him. Well, and she does at this dinner because, like, he brings it up at, at at the crash down. He says, "I saw you on the operating table," and she says, "That was a routine procedure." And he's like, "Oh no, I read your medical files." I guess I'm getting to. <laughs> It is a betrayal to read her medical files. And also, yeah. if she doesn't want to tell you yet on your first date, if she's not in a position where she wants to talk about that stuff, you're, it's so disrespectful to investigate yes. her like that. It's, it's disrespectful to investigate her like that. But also from her end, like, I mean, if, if I'm Kyle in this scenario, right? And I, there, there's this stuff going on. She never leaves the hospital. I saw her on the operating table. Mm-hmm. Oops, my bad. And then when I ask her about it, she's like, uh, it's nothing. I think that's when you have to just be like, okay, but like real talk, like what is go? If, if yeah. I only ever ran into you at the Burger King and you never left the Burger King, right? Like we'd have to have a conversation about that. So like, what is going on here? Yes. And, and I get it that like, that's the other thing is like, I don't think we've been given enough of who she is as a person for yeah. her. Cause her reasons to be pissed, at least is that she says out loud or that she feels like he was only hooked up with her because he felt bad for her. Right. Or yes, Which nothing ever, he's yeah. done has 
the way he acts around her is not that. He, they ban like essentially she's kind of mean to him and he's just like laps it up and wants more. Yeah, exactly. So like I don't think he pities you. If her concern is like you violated my privacy, that like, feels legit. Or even like I'm dying, and when I when you didn't know, I could live in the fantasy of like this hot guy I was dating. But the reality is, I'm not gonna. I don't get to go on. I don't get to have promising new relationships with people because every relationship's gonna end with me dying. Like if that's her reason. But she jumps to like, oh, so you pity kissed me? I'm not into that. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah, it's it's weird. But I don't know she's... her well enough to know if that's <laughs> even reasonable. And that to me has been the issue kind of all along is I don't mm-hmm. know this chick. Yeah. And I I thought she might be a ghost or a vampire or like I don't know. Well, an and, and again, I thought she again, was an alien show... or an alien hunter. The show kind of, yeah, man, if she'd have been an alien hunter. Um, but the, the again, the show sort of lampshades this where, like, we don't really know who she is or what she's like when Liz is like, yeah, she's a feisty Latina. You have a type, you know, where it's just yeah. like, yeah, okay. So all she is is someone who reminds uh, Kyle of Liz. And like, which even if that's what she got pissed about, I think I. Yeah, that would be better. That would be better. It's just, but I don't get her. No. And also, and it goes back to, remember when she saw the blood report and saw that it was an inorganic compound? <laughs> compound? Yes. She made yes. a joke about it. If we're just going to find out that she isn't an alien or an alien hunter, she should have been more concerned. Or, it, so wait, she's also just a patient. She's not even like also a doctor? Uh, no, we don't know. She seems to know okay. a lot about doctors. We may find out she had to drop out of med school because of this. We don't know. Sure. Again, sure, sure, we sure. don't know anything. And, and then she I, storms out. And then she storms out. So, like, I guess that started this episode in a very what-the-fuck headspace for me. Because, yeah, me too. And, you know, I love relationship drama. Yeah, relationship hard drama is and great. And it's also setting Liz up, and you called it immediately, but it's also setting up that Liz is going to use mm-hmm. the alien DNA and its healing powers. As a way to eradicate disease and specific, and then at the end, she does steal the, you know, she notices it when um, Steph drinks it from a straw. Yeah. Uh, she's like, oh, DNA. And then she does. Oh, I love that bagging. DNA. Ooh, I love that cold DNA. Exactly. And so, like, I, I wish it, I don't know, man. I'm just like, it's, uh, that, that, that scene is very hard to watch because the show all like in addition to all these things where we're like, we don't really understand who this character is. Um, and like the, you know, we don't buy into her connection to Kyle um, that everyone is the writing in the scene is so snarky and mm-hmm. so postmodern that like all the character, like Liz rattles off all the reasons why it's weird that like, you know, that they're all three of them are in the room together mm-hmm. and like keeps piling on all of these like, observations and you know you you mentioned as we were watching that like it's tough to have these revelations when it's just characters talking at each other and not like them doing something and talking about you know it's right it's it's a very inactive space to be um and when it's inactive and they're talking about how ridiculous their circumstances are it makes me feel like we can't talk about the show 
because that's what we do. We yeah, are the inactive part jobs. of the show. Yeah. So like if the diner, Roswell, New Mexico, is trying to take the place of Welcome to Roswell, I look, don't step to us, okay? No. This is our territory. You do things and we will comment on them. Right. Like we're the ones who are supposed to make jokes about how Liz and Kyle are essentially half siblings, but not really. Yes. They share a sibling. That's us. That's us. Um, Yeah. I guess I think it's like, and I think this is true about Steph. And I think part of the problem is who Kyle is, right? Because especially Kyle is not about vulnerability. And he's not about emotional honesty. That's not his, that's not the vibe he runs in, right? But like, right, right, right. We haven't seen Steph like connect to another human. And so I almost would have rather had a scene where Liz and Steph have a conversation and Steph's like, yeah, I'm dying and that's fucking scary, but I've faced everything else in my life and I'm not scared to die. And yes, I might miss out on things, but that's, you know, this is how life works. People die. I wish it weren't true, but it is. And then she leaves and then Liz steals her DNA. Do you know what I mean? Then at least Liz has like a reason to do it instead of grumpy Kyle has a friend and I have a, it's like, it feels more opportunistic of Liz Mm -hmm. than empathetic. Well, and you mentioned this as she did it during the episode, but you're like, ah, yes, because she's a crazy scientist. Like- (laughs) That's that's it. Yeah. She's she's taking she's taking the DNA of the sick girl just because it is a resource. She has collected one more item for her side quest, which is cure mankind of all disease. By and the way, like, is also not a great plan. No. If I don't want to get into it, but just just really think about what happens after that. It's not great. No. One well, especially like even if that is what she wants to do, like she can't get a DNA sample of someone else who's sick, who's not connected to her immediate circle of friends. Like, what the fuck are you doing, Liz? And again, someone who she has never spoken to about their illness. We don't know how she feels. Maybe this, maybe Steph has been in and out of hospitals for 10 years yeah. and is tortured. We do not know. We don't know what her life is because we've been given no insight. Like, I wish Kyle had found out she was sick. Like, I don't know when he saw her on the operating table. Yeah. Why and keep we had that just a secret one episode for so long? Where she talks about her feelings and he talks about his feelings. And then maybe they decide to, Hey, let's go on our first date anyway. Like, let's not let this yeah. scary mortality situation mean that we don't explore these feelings that we have. Whatever. Be romantic. It's a soap. Yeah, you know what it is? It's a goddamn improv note, right? Where it's like, oh, okay. Am I giving improv notes? Uh-oh. No, no, no. I mean, I'm about to. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you, your, the secret that you've been keeping this whole scene is that uh, you're dying. Uh, yeah. And then you keep the secret forever? <laughs> we, end, we end multiple episodes without knowing that that's part of your dynamic with this guy? Like, no, get it out in the open and deal with it. 100%. Like, have the fights about it. Have sh- emote about it. Right. Feel the feelings. You're right. I think, and honestly, maybe, again, this it didn't work for me this episode. <laughs> we haven't, we haven't moved people, off the scene. <laughs> I know. If what we're going toward with the two of them are two people who don't yeah. like to feel their feelings, you know, I mean, they do admit to each other they were both bullies in high school. So, <laughs> right. like, 
if the story is going toward the two of them letting down their guards a little bit, you know, I'm, I love that shit. So I'm yeah. not saying I'm, I'm not writing anyone off. I just, it was a freaking weird series of scenes and it ends with Isabel being like, Kyle, it's your fault. Max is in trouble. And then we find out why, which I'm jumping, but I, this is, and I guess I'm nitpicky, even though I really didn't want to. <laughs> you know why it's Kyle's fault? Because he gave his mother anti-alien pollen so that she wouldn't get mind-controlled by Isabel. Yeah. And again, you're saying anti-alien pollen, which is factual, but also it's just alien neutralizing. Yeah, great point. It doesn't hurt them. No. It doesn't put anyone in danger, except it just protects humans from alien manipulation. Mm-hmm. And Isabel thinks it's her right to be able to manipulate any human she wants. Right. And this is something that the show seems to also believe. Because on the previous instances where she has manipulated people into believing something or accepting something, like uh, Mr. Ortega and his, yeah. uh, his daughter being alive is like a miracle, mm -hmm. um, is something that you and I viewed as horrific. That she yep. is going in and rewiring a human being's brain, overriding their logical uh, faculties. Um, yep. But the show is like, nope, she can do it, so it's fine. And maybe the show will, I mean, and to me, like, Liz is kind of the moral center of the show. At least she was until she's starting to do all these creepy ex genetic experiments. <laughs> right. She may lose that moral high ground. But, like, she's mm -hmm. kind of our moral center, so... Yeah. I could see her realizing at some point how wrong all this is, but right now I'm no, I'm not going to side with you, Isabel, when you're, when you're pouting because you couldn't abuse someone else. Honestly, abuse someone else in a way you were abused for years. Yeah. Like, what do you, yeah. I, come on, Isabel. Um, um, anyway, it, uh, so. uh, it, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on <laughs> wait one, one second. Um, I, I, I'm trying to remember the song lyric exactly. Um, you've been listening to the new Fiona Apple record, right? Yes. It's incredible. It's good. Like, I enjoy it. I, I, I wish I, like I could so drive much. around while listening to it, honestly. Yeah. That's oh, God, my it'd be so good. Um, I can't, no, it's true. Um, there, I forget the, the name of the song but there's uh one of them that has the lyric um evil is a relay sport when the one who's burned turns to pass turns to pass the torch yeah. um which is exactly what fucking isabel is doing she has yeah. been manipulated and uh you know had telepathy powers used against her to make her do shit she didn't want to do and now because she suffered that abuse is inflicting that abuse on someone else it fucking Which, sucks. I know. Which, though, also brings us to another thing, and another thing that this whole episode could have been about, <laughs> but it wasn't. <laughs> no. Which no, is, uh, the, one of the plot lines is uh, Sheriff Valenti arresting Max. Mm -hmm. First, it looks like it's not clear what she's arresting him for. And then she reveals she's been digging and noticed that um, she can link the same van to multiple kidnappings and Noah's murder, or maybe Noah's murder is just bonus. And, yeah, not clear. and that she linked Max to that van. I, mm -hmm. 
I think because he saved Charlie out of it, but she doesn't do that much research. And right. then, but my point is the legacy of abuse. She's pointing out, she's like, Hey, Max, you guys were found in the desert naked and, and mute at seven years old and clearly traumatized. I tried to find the people who did that to you or what happened to you. I could never figure it out, but I knew you guys were traumatized from that. And, uh, and yeah, sometimes people just snap. Right. And Max is like, but we never showed uh, like any signs of having been abused. Which, which is which, a... Yeah. It's, I, it's, a weird, it's a weird way to phrase, for him to phrase that. It's a weird way for him to phrase it. He did murder someone at like age 13. Mm-hmm. Now, Valenti doesn't even know about that, but like, kiddo... You murdered someone in your early teens. Then you covered up multiple murders by your sister. You didn't know at the time you thought it was your sister. Turns out it was Noah, but still. You covered up multiple murders at age 18. You guys are messed up. Yeah. Like, add it, and look at Michael. Michael's, like, you guys all are messed up. Well, and so, yeah, and... So, like, with all of that being true, right, um, that, like, it, it's just weird for him to say, oh, we never showed any signs of, like, it's all, all he's doing is teeing her up for this fucked up reveal. I hate it. I hated it so much. I'm going to so, try to forget it happened, I think, after tonight. We okay, well, talk I'm, about it. I'm not saying let's okay. not talk about it, but, like, after this, I hope it never comes <laughs> up again. We never have to face it, because I, I just, I, I think it's, it's. It's it's coincidental and cruel and uh so what what it is is uh Max as a child in the orphanage or wherever the, the, the foster home, whatever it is it, yeah. um is uh like screaming and drawing uh alien symbols on the wall with a crayon and Michael tries to calm him down takes the crayon out of his hand and is like talking him down and just at that very moment the family who was about to adopt somebody comes in and sees Michael with the crayon and obviously worked up because he's been mm-hmm. calming Max down and is like, well, we d- not, we're not going to take the broken one. We're going to take this one. And Valenti somehow has all this information um, and then like leverages it against Max to be like, see, you're fucked up. And- not only that, because the show doesn't deal with this part of it. Max, you're fucked up. Yeah. That was when you were seven. When you were 18, I hired you and gave you a freaking gun. Yeah. For 10 years, I had you walking the streets of my town with a gun being able to terrorize anyone. Right. If you think someone is mentally disturbed, you should not hire them to be a police officer. Especially if you think at any point they might snap and murder and kidnap people. So, okay, but uh, Sheriff Valenti also has a lot of, like, sort of questionable morality happening in in this episode, too. um, Because there's, or no, is it Max who says, like, that person doesn't deserve to be protected by, he's talking about Noah. He's talking about Noah, but she doesn't argue the point. That was the other theory of justice that I disagree with. In yeah, the big can, climax, so mm-hmm. Max 
Kyle's like, hey, Max, tell my mom half the truth. Tell my mom some half lies. It'll get you out of this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's right. So yeah. Max is like, hey, I was in a coma. I had a heart issue. And Kyle backs him up, which that's good. So I, I, that makes sense. And then Max is like, and you know what? About Noah. He he was a serial killer. He killed all mm-hmm. your drifters that you didn't even notice there was a serial killer for a while, which is pretty bad on you, Sheriff. Right, so, but also but also I was a sheriff as well, so you know, bad on me too. Yeah, well, yeah. So maybe guess what? We had a serial killer. Uh it was Noah. Also, he abused my sister for 10 years, which all of this is true and valid. Um, and then he said and he was hit by lightning. Um, he's struck by lightning through the heart. I didn't kill him, but uh, justice isn't made for people like him. Right. That's not, again, you're not using the word justice properly. No, I, you're saying like, I want, I, I feel like I got cosmic revenge on him, right? Like yes. that's, that's what he's espousing Vengeance as justice. Is yeah. it made for people like him? Sure. I'm, I'm down with like some murders don't need to have vengeance but like everyone deserves justice maybe in fact justice i guess was served by some yes measures yes well and that's that's the crazy thing is that like ugh, uh, i don't i don't know i can't i can't even i can't even deal with like the way the these characters are talking about like justice and how people deserve uh various things it's it's too much and they don't seem to really have uh consistent points of view so like i don't i I can't even really deal with it (laughs) yeah i think i i do feel like the crayon bit is a bit of a nadir in some in these flashbacks yeah because it does change things but it's also it makes if max was freaking out did he go home to the Evans house and all of a sudden not be freaking out? I mean, great, great question. And also, like, one of the things that Valenti says is that, like, the home wanted or they knew that they would need someone who could give, like, individual attention to Michael, right? I believe that's what his mother told him. Sure, sure. Okay. So that that a, means... A previous episode. That means that if if that is like a legitimate, uh, like a a real, like someone diagnosing uh, what's wrong with the kid who was freaking out and drawing on the walls, that means that Max didn't get that attention either. So like, and also they're both fucking kids. So like Max didn't, you know, doom Michael to, you know, not, like the, the whole thing is like so fucking shitty, um, at, like blaming one kid for like the, uh, the sentence of another it just sucks yeah and yeah it, it, it just it does kind of it does suck especially and again i know it was only like a 90 second scene but <laughs> i feel like that one scene in yeah. like three episodes ago when we had the flashback and we saw michael and Max and isabel as kids after they'd come out of the pod and you know and michael didn't want to follow like all I feel like I got yeah. their dynamic. I understood them and I had empathy for all of them. Yes. And then we get this layered on top and I'm like, I don't, what? I, I don't think I needed this. It, it It's a, it's a very, it, it's a very like soapy twist, right? Like it's, it's, it's something that like, 
I can see what like the idea behind the drama is, but like it's just misguided and weird. Um, and like well, it doesn't feel you know. loaded. Like if we had had a fight right. between Michael and Max, and at the end, and in it, Max was like, "Yeah, you could have been adopted too, but you're acting like a freaking jackass." Like if you had kept your shit together, we all could have gotten adopted together. If you valued us as a crew, this wouldn't have happened. Which again would have been petty and dumb because he'd be talking about seven year old right choices but like if if that was a real feeling my max had i guess it's all it doesn't feel grounded in the interpersonal dynamics yeah like that, that's michael totally it. that yes. max if sorry if max resented that michael freaked or michael was being a freak and so they didn't get adopted together and it ruined everything and the three of them should have been triplets or whatever sure right. that isn't textual i'm just making that up Right. And then, and then Michael, like it, here's how like the, you could play out this scene in present day is that Michael could be there to be like, I was freaking out because I was always trying to control you. Right. Like, and that's, that's a way where like the drama and the resentment works to have Valenti bring it up as like a weird point of almost blackmail or like Mm -hmm. evidence against, against uh, Max is, is just, it's it's it, it, it's wild writing like it it's just insane especially because how much more like delicious would it have been if valenti said i've i've had my eye on you for a long time when you were 12 you and your sister and your brother were camping and we found a body yeah in the same place and i did yeah. i didn't think that that was you but now every day i wonder if i let you kill dozens more people because i didn't stop you then you know what i mean like yes. and that's all to, and that's all using shit that happened that we knew happened but, yeah instead of inventing this uh this wrinkle which has like uh yeah and I, also I just can i trust it. anything in a flashback now no you can't because should we move on to the other the uh yeah, like 47 I mean, flashbacks i really had a it's hard not getting deep on the, my nitpickies of this episode because I still like this. Sh- like I, I feel bad mm-hmm. sometimes. Cause I feel like I <laughs> am like what, but like I really do like this show. I do care about these characters. I yes. will keep watching this show forever. But oh, but okay. I mean, this, yes. Some things made me mad tonight. Me too. And also, like I, I am, I am with you one hundred percent. I get frustrated with recap shows when all they do is like rag on something, and maybe we are guilty of that now. I don't know. <laughs> um, but like. I, I think I think we are uh, keeping our eye on like the bigger picture and are disappointed when like um, the crazier swings that the show is taking don't seem to be in service of that. Right. Yeah. When they're big swings that either are like transforming the show into something else or like just violating the reality set forth by the show. Right. Like, OK, Liz's mom, Liz and Rose's mom. Yeah. Was she exactly what I pictured of that? No. Was it? But when she walked in with those high heeled boots, yeah. that was a big swing and a hit. That was fun. That felt grounded yeah. in character. Like I, mm-hmm. I dig it. When we, uh, I guess we gotta <laughs> talk about the flashbacks because I'm talking I, about yeah, flashbacks. I don't even mind unreliable narrators. I like un- I mean, some of my favorite books when I was a kid. Like I like. Uh, seeing things from different points of view or yeah. like having evolved understanding of things from piecing together information. 
We mentioned Rashomon already. What more work do we need to do? (laughs) There's also that one episode of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I think is the modern Rashomon. I love that. (laughs) The Um, one with the like robbery at the convenience store? No, I think it's it's at it's Halloween. And Um... in multiple and like at one point, uh, D is just a bird. In one of oh them. yes <laughs> yes no, that episode's great yes I'm remembering that one now there um there is an episode of the Simpsons where they uh, go to the airport and they're just going to like take whatever cheap plane tickets they can mm-hmm. get um and uh, they end up getting one way ticket uh, tickets to Tokyo um and Homer is pouting on the plane because he doesn't want to go to Japan and Marge yeah. goes oh come on Homer you liked Rashomon and he goes that's not how I remember it <laughs> that's cute. so yeah so okay so i don't mind that i think and we kind of talked about it while we were watching the show um i don't now that we've seen more of it and i hope there is more because i don't feel like i've got we've got the full story yeah we now know that some of the flashbacks we saw in previous episodes should not be taken literally. And I'd have to rewatch those scenes to like right. know how much was implied falsity and how much was it like Right. How much was a lie by things. omission. Yeah. Yeah. Like in this episode, we saw things that later we found out weren't true. Like we saw Which, someone get shot in a heart yeah. and then we later saw that they lived to be old. So we know that some things are not are full on not what we saw right and it's uh tricky because so much of what we see in the flash so we see the flashbacks as told by walt right yes Walt is that his name the old man uh some of the flashbacks are by walt some are yeah well that's yeah, yeah. that's like that's the, that's like the, the, the beginning of this episode yeah. we see walt's per- point of view yeah um both the day before the pumpkin shooting the pumpkin launch, the, yeah. Pumpkin launch. <laughs> and then uh, also the... We also get that weird scene where everybody's crying, where Smash and um, and Nora <laughs> are, like, talking about going to the fair, and they decide to right. go to the fair. And they're both, like... And Smash, of course, is in love with Isabel's mom. And they're... Louise. And they're both, like, crying... Right. And this is this is Walt telling the story to Isabel and Michael. Mm-hmm. And uh, then like they pop out of the flashback for a second. So Michael can be like, Grandpa, enough with the kissing. And he's like, I promise you'll like this when you're older. Um, <laughs> and then Isabel's like, no, I want to hear the rest of the story. And then we <laughs> pop back into the flashback. Um, and so like like that, that all. There's if not um, like an authority to that version of the story, there's at least a perspective, right? We can say this is how Walt remembers it. But then later, Alex and Michael are talking like they're talking through it. And we see a different version of that shit from them just like talking about what maybe happened. Well, what we don't we don't see. Walt, because Walt climbed into a box, yeah, and then escaped out the side of the building, we don't see. He doesn't have information about how wh- whether the alien women survive. 
he didn't have that information because he ran away. And he heard shots while he was in the thing. And, and that is a pretty, that shot is that the image there is pretty tricky. And I think well executed if you only saw it once. Yeah. But because we had seen it, I think in a, in a misleading way before, (laughs) but the idea of like, they have a confrontation, two shots in the chest for uh, Smash Williams from Friday Night Lights. And he goes down and you realize he wasn't shot from the front. He was shot from behind. Right. By uh, Grandpa Mains. Harper? Is it great Grandpa Mains at this point? Maybe. Alex's dad's dad's dad. Okay, I think (laughs) I think there are a lot of mainses here. There's a lot of mainses. Um, And it's in Alex's version of the story that we see uh, Isabel's mom get shot as well. Right. Even though in Alex's version of the story, Trip has a personal relationship of some kind with Nora. Yes. Which is then something that we get confirmed and uh, later at the diner because there is a brick that has an X on it. And how how did Alex know X marks the spot? I guess Michael must have told it to him. Yeah, I assume everything Walt said, Alex, Michael told Alex. Sure. but also, and, X marks the spot is a pretty famous thing. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Well, just like I asked you um, how the information about um, Tripp's favorite booth and him like pointing out that the light hits it just right, mm-hmm. um, where that came from? Like, where, where, does, where, does that, where does Tripp's description of the booth come from? I don't know. And I was watching. But uh-huh. I, it's we do get flashbacks to that booth as told by uh, Jesse Mains, yes. Alex's dad. So yes. either I think it's implied that when Alex's dad is telling that story, he mentions it, or he may actually say he always sat in that booth because he liked the light. I can't remember if he says it to uh, in a way we hear. But <laughs> it's just it's just that funny because flashback like... is a story being told to Alex. So right. Sure. It's just, it's just very funny to me that uh, Alex um, is like, it's weird that Trip would have even said that about the booth. Um, but like, it's further weird that Jesse Maines would relay that detail <laughs> to Alex. There's so many levels of weird. But also Jesse is being a weirdo. Yeah. Yes. He's, we found out he's faking his limp. Mm-hmm. He's put a bug on Alex. Yes. He's also acting weirdly sentimental about certain things. So he's, I guess I only can handle one or two characters being wildly un, like unpredictable. And I don't understand what's happening. And <laughs> yeah. I'm and okay Jesse means just Jesse. Right. But like, <laughs> there's so many right now. <laughs> that's right. Je- that's true. Jesse Maines probably was leading them specifically to, uh, that booth at the crashdown, so they could discover that Isabel's mother was still alive at some point. Also, interesting to note when Isabel sees the picture of her mother in this episode, just as she, just as Isabel does in Roswell, the corresponding episode, mm-hmm. the season finale, her comment is, "She's so beautiful." Yes, 
I mean, it's a more appropriate thing to say in, in this one because as <laughs> yes. we discussed in the other Roswell, that's just a form she picked out of right. like a catalog or something. But like yeah. in this, is I mean, you can see the biological resemblance. Yes. Um. But yeah, it is funny. That's what she says. But also, she's alone on that porch, so I don't know if if Smash. I don't think Smash survived. Someone took that picture. True. Because it was, I was because I was thinking about it. It's not a digital. It's not. It's not like wow. she set it up with a timer on her phone. Nope. <laughs> so we have, yeah. So everything we know about the past could be wrong. <laughs> um. I do like that we and I you pointed out with the connection to the original Roswell of like the Romeo and Juliet alien human. Mm-hmm. I like the Romeo and Juliet kind of alien human reverse here. Um yeah, and me that too. like Alex has that legacy in his family of someone falling in love with an alien and and falling in love with an alien in the same family. Yeah, I mean I I guess this is my uh the the, the same note that we had about um Steph and like her disease uh but like I I just I just wish that like this was something that came to light as soon as they got the files and then they could just deal with it right instead of it being like or if we just had Walt as a reliable narrator like I'm okay with us and I guess they kind of did this but I I wish it had just been Walt like uh Alex and Michael do their investigation. They yeah. think this is one version of the truth is real. Then Walt finds out what they think. It's like, are you joking? No, he wasn't trying to kill her. He was in love with her. Bum, bum, bum. And then Walt just tells us everything. Then we just yeah. have a first yeah. person story. And he was a little kid. So he may have like, you know, whatever. I'm okay with like coloring his past with, he doesn't totally. understand certain things. He's a kid, but like, like, Instead of the, we had what we originally thought was true. Then we have what Walt says, which is a first person experience. And we have Alex piecing together and projecting a fact, a history. Yeah. So it's like, why should we trust the made, the Walt, uh, Alex's made up one any more than Walt's memories or their original made up one? Other than the picture in the crash down confirms that Isabel's mother was alive later in life. Yes. Okay. Are there other parts of this episode we haven't talked about yet? Um, Let's see. The diner. I mean, obviously, uh, just quick shout out to um, the old man makeup on trip in the yeah. diner Old in man makeup is really hard it's tough because even because i think i said this out loud too maybe i just thought it but like even like people you know when they get old it looks really weird mm-hmm. so like of course it, like any if i went into an old age machine and i all of a sudden <laughs> was 80 and you saw me you'd be like what the fuck is up with ryan like those are her eyes but they're underneath all these bags of of wrinkly flesh what's up yeah like yeah, there's no true. real way to do it that doesn't feel weird when you know what someone looks like what someone looks like yeah. um and like you said when you put them next to an actual old person you're like, yeah, I can see the young person inside that old person. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I this is another thing I mentioned during the episode, but he looks like Jason Sudeikis playing Joe Biden on SNL. That's what it looked yes, like to I me. I think it's like a to me it's like a cross between that and uh old cap at the end of <laughs> Yeah. At the end of uh spoiler end alert, game. guys. Yeah. The end of Endgame. Which guys yeah. watch Endgame. It's a good yeah. movie. Holds up, by the way. Uh yeah, watched it. I mean, not, I still think ago. that particular yeah. storyline. I know that we had a whole brunch the day after that movie came out to talk about it. Yes. I'm still not 100% on how that plays out with the theory of time travel as explained in this movie. And does it imply that he abandoned his best friend, Bucky? Mm -hmm, I really mm -hmm, hope mm -hmm. not because that's pretty fucked up and not really in character. But but it just means he had his happy ending. He fought his but fight. But if his and then happy, happy ending, ending means that he is having fun with Peggy while Bucky is literally in <laughs> being right. a Winter right. Soldier and in Russian prison, and then Hydra hands, not cool, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, I'll, I'll agree with that. <laughs> and yeah, to to keep us from uh, doing what we did last week and just talking yeah, about a different movie series for. <laughs> For 20 minutes. No, um, fair, 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 I, I will sorry. refrain from. Uh, I know. And we have had this. We've literally had this conversation. So yeah. it's. I don't know that there's any. And I love it. I love no, it. I love the one. conversation. We can have it another time. Okay. Um, you're right. Were there any other things? Okay. So um, we have. I mean. And you. I know. And you're protective of Alex. <laughs> Yes, you were I am. not happy that no, Michael called Alex not. in the middle of the night and that Alex came. No, not about it. <laughs> You're not up for this. Um, and they keep it pretty. Uh, they, they don't. Pr- they don't totally profesh. rehash their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Alex somehow finds a reason to slip in that he was in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes uh humans fall in love with aliens uh i was in love with you uh anyway uh, uh so let's... anyway uh, that's just one point of data um let's keep talking <laughs> just just like how liz casually drops that like oh yeah max you're a leader it's in your dna <laughs> it's like you know shifty eyes and she's like oh not that i've been studying your dna or anything um i guess uh interesting to note that uh rosa is sidelined for this episode we get no rosa um, yes i mean she's in rehab Right, good point. Um, no forest in this episode. No forest and no Maria. And no Maria. Well, and no Cameron. Like we really took a lot of storylines from last week and just like just dumped them. Just sat them aside. Wait, I, oh, I, but we did. Hold on. What was the mention of the bootmaker and the psychopath? Uh, that. Where did that come up? Uh, Mrs. Valenti or Sheriff Valenti. Uh-huh. And she was bringing up that, oh, that the, uh, she was trying to connect him to them. He was like, a so soci- right. she's like a sociopath and the bootmaker. And that <laughs> when Mimi Valenti was kidnapped, when she came out, she had a fresh pair of boots, which is the same thing Maria noted. I think Maria noted to her. Right. Right. So right, right. that makes sense. She didn't say like, oh, one of them got murdered. <laughs> Which is what I thought it was going to be. Me too. Uh, but she is connecting him to the sociopath and the bootmaker. Even um, though it's completely specious. Like, there's no... These, 
Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Unless he really was. I mean, if he was the one who owned that van. Sure. But I think we're pretty sure it's Dark Star. No, we looked it up last week. What's it called again? Deep Sky. Deep Sky. It's it's Deep Sky, which whatever that is. I hope that's aliens. (laughs) I mean, we'll know at some point, but like, (laughs) yeah, I really am kind of bummed Steph isn't an alien hunter. I mean, I suppose she still could be, right? And why, then why didn't she come up with a better reason know. to be pissed off? And why did she even get I don't pissed know. off? Why didn't she say yes if only someone knew how to save me from my evil bacterial infection? If only there was some, like, cutting-edge science if I knew a geneticist. No, because we don't and know it, anything. We don't know anything about her. All we know is that she doesn't want her doctor boyfriend to know that she's sick. That's it. Yeah. Literally, that's it. Well, and she was a bully in high school. Bully in high school. And kind of and a bully she's now. she's cute. Like, and she likes Kyle. I mean, mm-hmm. if they, if they had like, if they had eased us into the, I mean, I guess they did really ease us in really slow, but like, all I need to enjoy watching them on a first date is they like each other and they enjoy being around each other. Right. But That's they all have I a lot more baggage than that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't think we're missing any. Oh, okay. I will say, now I'm trying to step back again to yeah. things I liked or like thoughts. I do, and this goes back to what I was saying before, but we don't have to talk about Star Wars. I like <laughs> that we're now, we now have a figure in Walt of somebody who has had his eye out and looked out for Michael mm-hmm. and did the best he could and now is can be like a, a paternal resource because we don't have any we have Arturo who's a good dad right but we don't have a ton of good dads on the show so it's kind of nice to get another like male yeah mentor kind of I mean I don't know there'll be a mentor and <laughs> I don't know that Michael wants to become him but like, I liked I liked the scene that they did together. I thought they both performed it really well, and I also just like the truth of that scene. Like, it's kind of redemptive, or like, I don't know, kind of heals some of those childhood wounds for Michael that somebody did want him. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's nice to see Michael react to it, right? Like, yeah, he has he has that moment after you know he's he's trying to be real, like, uh. You know, like in his microwave being like, okay, I'm going to fess up to I've been stealing copper wire from you for yeah. 13 years. And I'm going to pay um, back. Right, right, right. So he's 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 trying to like, it, it's so cool to see like that element of his characterization where it's like, oh, okay, um, I see that you did something nice for me. Now I'm going to like, uh, you know, materially right a wrong. Um, yeah. And uh, Walt like shuts it all down just by being like, hey, you don't i i never needed that from you like yeah all i all i need from you is like for us to have a connection and that's enough to just like uh totally disarm michael and like turn him into just like a sweet little cry boy um in the junkyard it's very nice and very nice to see and good good character work and good acting and i like that a lot yeah and i think not to just bring up a point where i think I don't know that you appreciate it as much as I did. I also liked that Michael, because Michael can be 
little petty. And I liked <laughs> when he is hearing Walt tell the story earlier in the episode, and he and in the memories, like, oh, we got to protect Louise because she can protect the child. And he's so freaking bitter that his mom said protect the child, and he has decided in his head that the child that she's protecting is Mags. Right. He gets himself like so worked up in a like little snit about it. Yeah. Well, and it's it's another weird parallel to the uh, original show too, because like he calls out Max as the healer, which like I guess that is also true of of this Max, but also this Max is like a lightning throwing, you know, like yeah. he's, he's got a, a a set of superpowers. Yeah. And Michael, as far as we've seen. I don't know that we've ever seen Michael try to heal someone. Yeah. And really Michael and Liz together did heal Max. Yeah. Great point. So, but I don't think Michael sees himself that way, but that's okay. I like fucked up. Michael is my favorite kind of Michael Guerin. So I'm into all this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this episode was very messy. (laughs) But I think I will just choose to take the parts I like, yep. and I will choose to replace the word justice for what do we side war revenge? Revenge? Because <laughs> <laughs> they are not the same. Yeah, Can you imagine if Superman was a, was about truth, revenge in the American, American way. way? Probably more accurate to the American way part of it. Well, it's it's like a uh, in in the. Uh, again, I'm I'm a broken record, but I've been watching all the James Bond movies. Yes. I just watched Spectre yesterday, so just finished the all uh, 26 oh, no. James Bond movies. Um, but Spectre, uh, the evil organization, is an acronym. Um, hold on, I, I'm gonna look it up okay. because it it stands for the funniest shit. Okay, okay. and Spectre is that the one with like. Money, Manny Penny. I mean, Manny Penny's in all of them, but like, Money Penny is only in the the one where he hooks up with a woman who's been a sex slave, and then he jump he jumps in the shower with her without asking for consent, and like throws her up against the edge of the shower, and then like twenty minutes later, doesn't save her when Javier Javier Bardem shoots her in the head. No, that's Skyfall. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if I um, saw Spectre. I was very unhappy with the treatment of that woman. It sucks. In it's got it's just so it's like awful, yeah. tone deaf. Because all he mm-hmm. would have to do is knock on the outside of the, <laughs> the shower and her to say, "Come on in," and that's all I needed. And then it's but fine, like the, right? The ignoring of consent was such a weird thing to do when you made a point of telling me that she was in a non-consensual like. Sex, really, sex slavery kind of relationship before. It, it, yeah. So weird that nobody like, wrote, it, raised their in, hand and said. Like, this is kind of, and, and like, he also makes a point to say, like, that she probably got into the sex trade when she was like 12. Yes. Like, it, it's, there's a lot of just like, oh, God, it's fucking gross. Yeah. It um, really is. But okay, so Spectre, but- which is the evil organization that is, you know, the the antagonist of many of the mm-hmm. old James Bond movies yes. um, and is, you know, revealed to be like the big bad um, that Christoph Waltz is like behind in um, uh, the, the new movies. Is that the only one he's in? Yes. Christoph Waltz? Yeah. All right. Then I did see it, but I don't remember anything about it. Um, I like halfway through the movie was like, Oh, you know what? I think I have seen this before. (laughs) Um, Spectre stands for special executive for counterintelligence 
terrorism, revenge, and extortion. Oh, Jesus. So, like, they're just, like, an evil group for evil acts against good people. (laughs) Like, that may as well be what the acronym is. Are you guys jumping into Mission (sighs) Impossible next? What are you doing? Here's... Well, I mean, today was our first day of not having uh, a James Bond movie to watch, uh, and my day felt hollow. (laughs) It felt empty. Um, So I'm going to need something to replace it, but I have, have not figured it out yet. I don't know if I'm ready to move into like another spy series um, right away, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, something something has to take its place. You could rewatch Lost. <laughs> How dare you? Also, you you know that I can only do that with Sarah. I can't do it without her. You would have to sneak it. No, Ryan Mogi. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> I'm bored. It's quarantined. I went to cross yeah, drama right. in other people's homes. <laughs> no, you're right. You absolutely cannot. Yeah. Did you ever watch The West Wing? Uh, no. I watched like part of the f- the first season in college, and uh, I I feel like I would have a harder time with it now than I even did then, um, because it's so damn Aaron Sorkin-y. But also sometimes I like that shit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like a political fairy tale. Right. So to Which, me, it's like a nice alternate universe to slide into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unlike this show where this, alt- <laughs> I don't know which way is up. I don't know what's going on. But I know I'll be back for more next week. <laughs> See ya. Thank you for listening to Welcome Back to Roswell. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts or follow us on uh, social media. We're at Roswell Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Take care and have a great week.